We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you being here. How you doing? Hopefully, uh, I don't know. It's not the holidays anymore, is it? Man, that went by so fast. I was at CVS picking up some baby stuff. And I, I I don't know what, if it was a song on the radio or if it was something sitting on, on a shelf, but I was like, man, Christmas came and went. And like, I went through just this very brief kind of depression. Like I was like, cause I absolutely love the Christmas season, the holiday season. I love the music. I love the weather. I love just the general feel of, you know, getting together with family. And, you know, we had our son just uh, about a week before Christmas, which was a huge blessing to me, by the way, because um, I was worried, you know, his, his due date was either two days, was always either two days before Christmas. At first, it started out as the 28th, uh, and then it started out as the, tw- and then it eventually became the 23rd. And and when it was the 28th, I, I you know, um, the custodian at, at my school had talked to me about how his brother's birthday is a couple days after Christmas and he hates it because no one ever wants to get together for his birthday because they just got together for the holidays. And so I'm worried about that. And then it, when it got moved up to the 23rd, I'm like, okay, good. At least he beats Christmas by a little bit, but they're still so close. It's only a couple days away. And then he ended up coming just a little bit early, about a week early. So I, you know, I was, I was excited that he, his, his birthday beat Christmas by a whole week and a day, you know, December 17th. So, that was nice. But, you know, all that happening right before Christmas, Christmas just went, came and went. Uh, we, you know, we had a seven day old child in the house, so we didn't do anything for Christmas. And you know, a few people dropped by, all that stuff. But I was just like, man, Christmas is gone. It's like hit me like like a sledgehammer. And, uh, and I, you know what's weird is you have the option at any point of the year, as weird as this may make you to your friends, to watch Christmas movies and listen to Christmas music and you know, feel that vibe a little bit. I'm, uh, there's no way it's the same, but 
you know, I guess you always have that option. You know what? A question, totally different subject, by the way. You guys can hit me up on Twitter, as you usually do about this. But where do you rank the movie Miracle about the 1980 U.S. Olympics hockey team? Where do you rank that movie in your grand scheme of sports movies? This is a question to our listeners. And send me your answer on Twitter. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and give us your answer there. Man, I don't care if I have a five-star review that just says, like, top five. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. It doesn't even make sense. Um, cause man, I've, I don't know what it, I've seen it before and I wa- I've watched it a few times to say the least over the past like couple weeks. And I think it's, it's in my top five sports movies. It might even be in my top three and I have to have a serious consideration on, on how high that, that movie can go. I just think it is fucking awesome. You know, and Kurt Russell is just basically perfect uh, in that role. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, can't get enough of it. Yesterday I went back and over the past two days, I went back and watched the original game on YouTube that, you know, original footage. Uh, do you believe in miracles? You know, the actual game and, uh, man, just fully engrossed to the point where I was actually watching a little bit of NHL hockey, uh, this evening with the in-laws. So I don't know. We might be, might be taking a small step into a, a new sport here. We'll see. We'll see. So miracle. Where does it rank on your sports movies? Or am I drastically overvaluing it? Whatever. Crazy stat I'm just staring at right now. Again, we do not do transitions in striking gold. Christian McCaffrey had 1,459 rushing yards, and the next 49er behind him was Elijah Mitchell with 281. It's a little bit of a discrepancy there. Christian McCaffrey had 203 more carries than... uh, Elijah Mitchell, excuse me, 197. Weird. Anyways, all I mean, we're in a we're in a you know we're in a down week. It's it's essentially the 49ers' second bye week as they uh, as they wait for the wild card round of the playoffs to unfold, which we'll talk about a little bit later. We've already kind of talked about it. We're just going to kind of recap some news today, and it'll be a relatively short podcast. But I'm you know I'm checking in, seeing how you guys are doing. I really, it starts to feel weird if I go too long without talking with you guys. I am going to um, attempt to line up a guest for next week. Once the podcast may drop, I probably won't drop the first podcast until Tuesday or Wednesday of next week because I want to wait to record it until the entire wild card weekend is finished. There is a chance that we'll know who the 49ers are going to face before that. But I wanted to wait till the entire wild card weekend is finished before I record the pod. So it could get kind of weird. There could be like two podcast, you know, a podcast coming out Wednesday and then a podcast coming out Friday, you know, something like that. So I'm going to try and get a guest on just to kind of wrap up the season and preview the playoffs. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, obviously, this episode is brought to you by Price Picks. I'm only five minutes late on that one, but Price Picks, love you. If you don't know what Price, might as well might as well drop the Price Picks ad right now, right? If you don't know what Price Picks is, it's daily fantasy sports made incredibly easy. Um, you're picking two to six players. In some instances, you can even combine sports like football and basketball into like one single pick that has a bigger payout. Um, you're picking two to six players. You're picking which stat projection you want to focus on. And then you watch the winnings roll in. Um, what I like best about prize picks is that it's just incredibly simple, incredibly easy, very fast, very intuitive. 
there's there are very few things on this earth that bug me more than when technology does not work as it's intended, no matter how simple their purpose is. And Prize Picks never gives me any trouble. Always works. It's very easy to check throughout the game to see how you're doing. You can set a lineup in less than a minute. It's it's just awesome. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm I'm thoroughly enjoyed utilizing prize picks and, and bringing them to your attention throughout the season. Uh, the rumor is, per source, is that they are signing up for another season, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you didn't hear that from me. Don't don't screen record it. Um, if you want to get up on the prize picks action for some playoffs, okay, you're going to go to prizepicks.com slash gold, and you're going to use the promo code gold. And that's what they're going to do is anything you deposit up to a hundred dollars, they're going to match it. So you put in a hundred bucks. Now 200 bucks is in your account. Now you can turn that into sky's the limit for you. Take it all the way. Again, two to six players. You can pick flex plays. You can pick the power power plays. You can go all in. You can safeguard yourself. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. I like it. Prize picks again, uh, daily fantasy sports made easy. Prizepicks.com slash gold promo code gold. All right. Pete Carroll, he's out, which is kind of, uh, you know, an earth-shattering announcement for the NFC West. The longest tenured coach in the NFC West by a long shot, um, well into his 70s. And it's, you know, in a way, it's a little, I don't know, just a little sad. Like, it's the end of an era. And, and obviously, Pete Carroll and the 49ers and his chewing that damn gum just all the time. It was just such a mainstay of what we considered 49ers football to be. You know, the Seahawks inspired such a massive arms race between them and the 49ers. And win or lose, you always knew those games were going to be scrappy and personal. And there were a few times where the, the Seahawks absolutely worked over the 49ers. And, you know, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson kind of went hand Carroll, Russell, Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, they all kind of went hand in hand in just the, the general disdain for the Seahawks. You know, Pete Carroll had his own his own hand in that. But obviously, as a person, has always seemed like a good guy, decent guy, a great coach. Um, but when he's on the other end of the battlefield, he's on the other end of the battlefield, you know. But it's 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 just a it's just crazy to think about that that. Pete Carroll's out. You know, it's, it, I'm not surprised the Seahawks did it. Doesn't necessarily shock me. And it, it, Pete Carroll's doesn't seem like, doesn't sound like Pete Carroll's done coaching, by the way. We'll see where he goes or what he does. You know, he, he I think he's going to stick around, not necessarily with the Seahawks, could be. I don't see how you get told you're not going to be the head coach and then stick around like that. But it didn't seem like he necessarily wanted to be done. He said he fought to be the head coach, but obviously higher powers went out. At one point, this would have been a huge relief to the 49ers that Pete Carroll was no longer their head coach. And I'm not so sure anymore. You know, you see where the team is now, and obviously that has a lot to do with the roster and where it's constructed and who's the quarterback and trading Russell Wilson and all that stuff, which it seemed like it was obvious that it's the right move at this point. But, you know, is, is losing Pete Carroll a huge downgrade for the, 40, for the Seahawks at this point? I don't know. It depends on who they bring in. I don't think the 49ers mind that the Seahawks now have to find a competent head coach because they're dropping one. And, you know, no matter what your opinion of Pete Carroll as a head coach, he has an incredible resume. 
And now the Seahawks have to try to replace that. And it's not easy to find a good head coach. As you can see in the NFL, Bill Belichick is out. Mike Vrabel is out. No, I did not see that one coming. And, you know, the, the Chargers are looking to fill a vacancy. The Raiders are looking to fill a vacancy. And here comes Jim freaking Harbaugh. I don't think I couldn't see him going to the Seahawks, but you never know. Jim Harbaugh wins the, the national title with Michigan and just seems like he's headed back to the NFL. That rumor has been so persistent for so long. And now it seems like the timing is perfect. You know, he got in his little trouble this year for stealing signs or whatever. And I, I don't even know if that punishment has been completely handed out. Uh, it's interesting that that Michigan wins a national title on the same year that that happened. Is this going to impact that at all? I doubt it, but I, I really have no clue. You know, you've got so many openings. It seems like the Chargers are the likely favorite, you know, given the fact they have Justin Herbert. They seem like the only team with an opening that have like a competent quarterback, if that, if that is the focus. You know, the Raiders is an awfully appealing job, but they've got Antonio Pierce, and it seems like the the general sense in the NFL is kind of the world. The NFL world is rallying around him getting that job, which it seems like that makes sense, but I, I don't want to act like I'm in tune with that organization. So it's just a lot of change around the NFL, and it's going to be really, really cool to see Jim Harbaugh show up on, the, on an NFL sideline again with those freaking khakis. The other day, when he won the national title, I was just searching through Jim Harbaugh gifts, um, a lot of them 49ers, and there are so many hilarious just facial expressions, pitching a fit, being pissed off, being happy, g- grinning. Uh, he was like, he's just such a personality. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. So, Pete Carroll's out, Bill Belichick's out, Mike Vrabel's out, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh's coming back, who knows where he's headed out, and then somebody else that looks like they might be headed out is the 49ers, you know, assistant GM, Adam Peters, which is, you know, that's not necessarily a, you know, a reality that I think the 49ers or 49ers fans or anybody wants to wants to confront. I mean, the, the hard part about this whole thing is nobody knows exactly who's responsible for what. You've got John Lynch, who's the the general manager, and he's the president of football operations, you know, which is a big title. And they just recently gave him that title this last year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So there is a way. And again, before I get into this, it's it's hard to know 
Obviously, Adam Peters has a sterling reputation within the organization, within the NFL. He's been interviewed for GM jobs over the past two or three years. This seems like the year, especially with like, you know, the Washington commanders under new ownership, um, you know, with some Bay Area ties going on there. Obviously, Mark Mayhew was their former GM. Um, It just seems like this might be the year where Adam Peters officially goes on to create his own organization. But. There is some wiggle room for the 49ers. You know, John Lynch is the president of football operations slash general manager. If the 49ers really wanted to keep Adam Peters, and obviously this would this would need some the approval from John Lynch. I'm assuming. I mean, obviously Jed York is the one making the calls, but you know, the 49ers could easily make John Lynch strictly the president of football operations and then name Adam Peters the general manager. Now, you know, would John Lynch agree to that? It doesn't seem as simple as as oh, just say yes, you're still here, you know, because Lynch, and he's often talked about this, is is very much having been a player, a team-oriented guy. He wants to be within the building. He wants to be a part of the organization. He wants to be a part of the reason team his team wins and loses. You know, he wants, you know, he wants that. You you always see him on the sideline towards the end of games. He wants to be with the team. So does letting go of a general manager position and becoming the sole president of football operations does that go against kind of his 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 makeup as a as a player and a GM? Like, does it take him? Does it remove him a little bit further from that atmosphere that he craves? I don't know. I, I don't honestly don't even know what the president of football operations would do within the 49ers. I'm assuming that he could go wherever the fuck he wanted to and be in whatever movie movie and whatever meeting he wanted to. And you know, he's he, at that point he would no longer be the person making the the decisions when it comes to draft picks, but I'm sure he would still have a, a voice in the building. So I don't know. It it depends. Again, I don't know how much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here. I don't know how much credit to give Adam Peters for the success the 49ers have had. I I'm from everything we've ever heard. It seems like a lot. He seems like a massive role. Is losing him going to have a dramatic impact on the talent that the 49ers acquire both free through free agency and the draft? I don't know. I don't know. That's the hard part about evaluating evaluators, you know, evaluating these 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 guys cuz no one you can't there's no sheet that you can click on that tells you every pick that each one of these guys has had the majority of their fingers in. You know what I mean? So it's tough to just say the 49ers scouting department is going to take a massive hit without Adam Peters. You would assume that it has to be some of the case just based on his sterling reputation. But again, if if the 49ers want to keep him, there is a way, but it would involve a little bit of wiggle from Lynch, you know, giving up his title as general manager and just strictly being the president of football operations. And obviously there's salaries that can be adjusted. Uh, there's You also need to talk about the fact that Adam Peters is essentially living out his dream job in the Bay Area. He's from here. His family's here. You know, does he want to pick all that up and move? I'm assuming the uh, the the level of salary is is a huge part of that. And also, there's these 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 guys that are driven to get this far in sports. They want to have a chance to call something their own. 
So that could, could would seem like a reason that Peters would want to move on to another organization so that he could say, this is his organization and the buck stops with him when it comes to personnel. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, and if, and if the 49ers let him go and if they weren't willing to make those adjustments to keep him, then that doesn't say anything about Adam Peters, but it, it just says that the 49ers were finally willing to to embrace life without him in the building. And We'll see. We'll find out pretty soon how how quickly Adam P or how important Adam Peters is to the 49ers and and what decisions they make, if any, to uh, to keep him around. Uh, You know, you could talk about other potential losses. Steve Wilkes is getting some head coaching interviews, but it's it's hard just to be brutally honest. It's hard to ever always know how 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 honest those are. Every team has to satisfy the Rooney, Rooney rule, meaning a minority head coach has to interview for every head coaching position. And it's, it's, it's impossible not to pick up on the fact that a lot of those interviews are just because they have to, you know, it's, you're not, you, no one would deny the intent of the program and the 49ers have done an excellent job of facilitating that program and hiring minority candidates and, and helping build them up into genuine success stories in the NFL. So the, the program is obviously, it has good intent, but you can see around the NFL every year, how many, how many coaches are interviewed. And you can always just tell that it's just, they have no intent of hiring that coach. They're just doing it to check that box. And that, in that, in that era, in that side of things, it's sad. You, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, it doesn't necessarily discredit the program itself. You just wish that program didn't have to exist and everybody had a, you know, an equal footing to begin with. But that's, you know, that gets a little into philosophical stuff. But it, it, we'll see. I, I, it seems a little soon for Steve Wilkes to head back out the door. Uh, you know, it, things weren't always great for him in San Francisco so far. You know, he moved down to the sideline during the bye week and things have picked back up. Um, and even then, the 49ers defense has uh, has not quite had the sting that it typically has had. So I, I just I don't see see Steve Wilkes getting pulled away um, from the organization just yet. Another shout out from Tyler Chin, our editor, texting me asking me if I am going to record an episode today or if I'm waiting till Sunday. Um, Tyler, here I am, and I will have this to you shortly. So it's interesting. I know Bobby Slowick, I believe, um, if I'm getting the right Slowick, uh, he's is wa- wanting to, or he's being requested for an interview for an offensive coordinator position uh, with the Bears, I believe. He is a, a 49ers passing game coordinator. Yep, 49ers passing game corner. No, excuse me, Clint Kubiak is interviewing for the Bears. Um, Bobby Slowick has already moved on, right? He went to uh, the Texans to be their offensive coordinator. I'm just, I'm just mixing them all in. So the uh, the aggressive poaching of the 49ers co- coaching staff continues. But um, so let's keep going. Adam Peters, we'll see. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. So let's talk 49ers and just kind of the general state of the team. Uh, obviously, the most important thing at this point of the season is injuries. And it it does seem like the 49ers have achieved what was an absolutely essential element of any reality of, of pushing late into the postseason, 
and that was to stay healthy. And that was to stay healthy. And for the most part, the 49ers have stayed healthy. I mean, I, I was trying to think of a better way of putting that, but that's really all it comes down to. The 49ers have stayed very, very, very healthy. It's not that they're without their injuries. You know, you've got a few kind of role players on. They, they lost Talano Hufanga. Um, Kalia Davis, who was kind of just growing into that reserve defensive line role, uh, he's out. He's on injured reserve. You know, they lost Drake Jackson. Um, George Odom, who they just activated his practice window with torn biceps, special team star. He's He looks like he's actually going to make a push to play in the postseason. So the 49ers weren't without injuries, but for the most part, the roster stayed very, very healthy, especially in relation to what we have seen this team endure in the past. I mean, I, I believe it was last year that the 49ers were far and away the most injured team in the NFL, or it might have been the year before that. So the 49ers have actually have absolutely been plagued by injury bugs in the past, and they weren't without their hits this year, but they are so, so, so much more healthy than we've gotten used to them seeing. And, and to me, especially with your key players, that that was just the the one A on the priority list for the 49ers, if they were going to make another run into Super Bowl, they had to be healthy and they had to be going into the playoffs with all their studs. And for the most part, other than the couple names I just talked about, they're going into the playoffs with all their studs. Christian McCaffrey, he's taking this week off, but he's going to be good to go for practice next week. The 49ers aren't practicing a whole lot this week. Anyways, they really are giving their players time to rest. Christian McCaffrey should be good to go next week. He said last week that if, if week 18 were a big deal, he would have been able to play. So they're just being safe with him, as they are with most players that are out right now. Juwan Jennings has officially cleared the concussion protocol that he was in for like three weeks, which is a lot longer. I mean, when Brock Purdy had his concussion, he cleared the protocol within a week. Um, Juwan Jennings took a few weeks. And again, every concussion is different. There are different severities of concussions. And it couldn't be a better time for the old Juwan Jennings. I understand that he's really solidified that role as kind of a, a spot target and especially on third down. But all of us watching that week 18 matchup, watching all those drop passes from rotational players on the depth chart. It, I think that Juwan Jennings being back within that wide receiver rotation, excuse me, had to clear my throat is probably a bigger deal than I think a lot of people are giving him credit for. Um, uh, he's, He's a, he's a he's a locker room guy. He's a he's a tempo guy. He's a he, how many times have we seen Juwan Jennings get into the head of the opposing team and draw a flag? He blocks his ass off downfield. He's a big dude. He's like six five. Let me see. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I never try to uh, sniff into the microphone, and one just snuck by me right there. Uh, Juwan Jennings, six three, two hundred and twelve pounds. You know, he's a big dude, and he plays very physical. I mean, if he put on a little bit of weight, he could easily transition to kind of like a move tight end role and get in there and block along the line. Um, kind of just a, a you know, a, a set the tempo dude. And I think that the 49ers wide receiver core missed him than, a, than, than even I was, than I realized. Um, I think that having him back is a big deal. I think that having the three of them, uh, a, a, you know, Brandon, Ayuk, Debo Samuel and Juwan Jennings ready to go at any given time. is just a bigger deal than even I thought it was. 
Also getting back Ray McLeod for the return duties for the random wrinkles on offense. That's good. Um, so yeah, Juwan Jennings back into the lineup. Eric Armstead is going to return to practice. He returned to practice this week. Obviously we'll be returning to the main practice next week. That is an, that's huge. One of the absolute best interior defensive linemen in the NFL. And it did seem like the 49ers run defense missed him. Uh, it seemed like the, the NFL teams were much more successful running down the middle of the defense with Armstead out. And, and of course they are, you know, it, I think that despite his long-term success, I think that the first couple seasons, the injuries he had that caused him to miss those seasons still is stuck in a lot of fans' heads, and they still get the idea that Armstead is some type of just, he's just a guy. He's not just a guy. He's an absolute beast. And if, if the 49ers, I mean, the 49ers are paying him 20 plus million a year. And if the 49ers let him go, he would still get uh, probably right around 20 something million a year. You know, he is an absolute dude. (laughs) He's an absolute dog. And the 49ers defensive front, having him back after a few weeks rest. I mean, I, I need to get on here and look and see exactly how many weeks Eric Armstead missed. But him, being able to take it slow with him and give him that rest and to, to heal up and to be able to come back now at this stage of the playoffs, uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Let's see. His last game was – really, you don't have, like, weak numbers on here? His last game was filled, uh, was the, the, the ass-whooping of the Seahawks. So it's been a bit. And uh, for him to have gotten that time to heal up and now back, that's a big deal. Um Reserve slash starting guard John Feliciano. Uh, he's he's in the mix. Let me see. I had Kyle Shanahan's transcript here. Where's he at? What was he dealing with? I was just reading it. I was just reading it. Well, let's keep going. George Kittle, back spasms. He's fine. Dre Greenlaw, Achilles tendonitis. Those are why both of them missed the Week 18 game. Kyle Shanahan said they're going to be smart with them this week, but they're good to go. Uh, Tashawn Gibson's coming back. So is Jair Brown, which creates an an interesting scenario between Jair Brown, Deshaun Gibson, and Logan Ryan, who is a veteran guy that maybe the 49ers might feel a little safer with in the postseason. We'll see. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how they treat Jair Brown, who had come in obviously to replace Talano Hufunga as a rookie, and has his had had his ups and downs. Uh, Jair Brown did. Um, but they brought in Logan Ryan to, to kind of back him up. Logan Ryan got some some action in Week 18. I just I, I'm interested to see how they're going to treat Jair Brown and Logan uh, Logan Ryan. Uh, John Feliciano is dealing with a back. He's day to day, so it seems that he will be good to go as well for the first round of the 49ers playoffs. And he seems like he has inserted himself into uh, into the starting role. He is he's been one of the better guards in the NFL, surprisingly especially in the run game since he stepped into so so you know another key free agent addition in John Lynch and Adam Peters uh hat there um Ambry Thomas did have hand surgery uh, but he, it was minor and he's supposed to be back this next week for practice and again George Odom their special team star uh, tore his bicep but bicep bicep but they open up his practice window so there's a very good chance that he will be able to be ready to go for the 49ers preseason opener in the division around so Again, just highlighting the fact that the 49ers are as close to 100% healthy as you can ask for at this part of the season. 
And reading off all those names shows you just how much they needed this bye week. You know, it's it was just an absolute must-have in terms of a late postseason push. They're here now. Uh, the only down, the only downside of all this was in week 18, Cleveland Farrell did. Um, he's expected to miss two to three weeks uh, with his knee injury. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan said a few weeks. I'm assuming this week counts. Maybe might be ready for the NFC Championship game if the 49ers make it there. Um, and he's a solid rotation player along the defensive line. You're going to obviously have Nick Bosa. You're going to have more Chase Young, more Randy Gregory. Um, and I believe, did the 49ers not add, not add a little bit more to that mix? Joseph Day, more of an interior guy. Let me see. I'm looking. I'm looking. No. I mean, Robert Beal did, give his, did get his first sack in week 18. Okay. So it's really going to, the onus is going to fall on Chase Young, Nick Bosa, and Randy Gregory, really. I don't know why Randy Gregory isn't listed among the other defensive linemen. Try to alphabetize it. All right. Let's keep going. I mean, really, the only other thing I have I have left to talk to is just kind of how the postseason's going to wrap up and just kind of how you guys can go about watching this. You know, on the playoffs start for West for you West Coasters, the playoffs starts at 1.30 on Saturday with the Browns versus the Texans. Um, I mean, I'm if you want somebody to root for, root for the Texans and, and D'Amico Ryans because that is an awesome story for him. Uh, and then at 5 o'clock, you've got Dolphins and Chiefs at Arrowhead, and apparently that is supposed to be like negative 9 degrees or something like that. That's going to be wild. I'm assuming the weather like that favors the Chiefs given the, given the Dolphins are coming from Florida, but we'll see. We'll see. And then uh, the first game on Sunday, the 10 a.m. game on Sunday, is still AFC, Steelers, and Bills. And then when you get into the, the NFC matchups, and right off the bat, You've got Packers and Cowboys. Packers are the seven seed. Cowboys are the two seed. If by some chance, and it's not like we'd be surprised, if by some chance the Packers win that matchup, then the 49ers, after the very first game, will know who they are playing next week because the Packers are the seven seed. The 49ers are going to play the lowest seed that makes it out of this coming weekend. The Packers are the lowest seed that are in the playoffs, seven seed. So if they upset the Cowboys then who I believe are about a touchdown favorites, then that's who the 49ers would play. They would already be locked in for the Packers at Levi's Stadium the following week. Following week, I don't know if it'd be Saturday or Sunday, but we'll see. I mean, that would the 49ers would probably want it to be Saturday. They've had enough rest, and it, if the game was on Saturday, that would mean the Packers would have one less day of rest during the week um, and a long travel to a completely different climate. So I'm assuming that would be ideal option number one. Now, moving on. Let's say the Cowboys win that one. They're the number two seed. The 49ers aren't going to play them next weekend. Then you go to the Rams game, traveling to Detroit to play the Lions. If the Rams beat the Lions, I think the Lions are only about a three-point favorite, which seems right to me. Again, if if there's it's one of those intuition things, I guess. I'm not trying to act like I'm the wisest man in the room. But if there was one team out of this whole group that I think the 49ers do not want to face. It's the Rams. That's they, you know, obviously Sean McVay has intimate knowledge of the 49ers. The, the Rams have been on an absolute terror over the last like seven weeks, eight weeks. I think they're like seven and one. 
including their win over the 49ers. Uh, I think if there's one team out of this whole group, I don't, I don't care about the seeding. I think it's the, it's the Rams that the 49ers don't want to face. Not that the 49ers can't beat them. I just think the 49ers probably have more respect for the Rams and Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay than they do for any of these other squads. So anyways, if the Rams beat the Lions, which you, if you ask me, I think they do. If the Cowboys beat the Packers and the Rams beat the Lions and the 49ers will immediately be locked into um, the Rams matchup for the divisional game. And then last but certainly not least, you've got the Eagles and the Buccaneers on Monday night. If the Cowboys win and the Lions win, then the winner of this matchup will face the 49ers. So if the Cowboys beat the Packers, the Lions beat the Rams, then the Eagles and Buccaneers matchup will decide who will travel to Levi Stadium uh, the following weekend. And then that, and with that matchup, there's no way a team isn't getting shorted on rest. That's on a Monday night. And the 49ers game, I'm assuming if it comes from that team, I'm assuming the 49ers game would be on a Sunday because they don't want that team to play on a Monday night. They don't have to play on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday night, but maybe they don't give a shit. So no matter what, if it comes down to that Monday night game, the team that's coming is not going to have a whole lot of rest compared to the 49ers. And that's when you start to see a, a huge discrepancy in earning that number one seed in that buy. Um, let's do a little prediction. Um, I think the Cowboys beat the Packers. I think the Rams beat the Lions. And I think the Eagles beat the Bucks. So what that would mean is for the next round, you'd have Cowboys hosting the Eagles. Man, that would be a matchup. And then you'd have the 49ers hosting the Rams, two teams that would be playing an opponent from within their division, which would be interesting. So that's my prediction. And I don't think the Lions are any slouch by any stretch of the imagination. I just, I don't know, man. There's something about them Rams right now. I know you guys are probably telling me to shut the hell up and to stop saying that because I'm going to do some weird, like, speak it into existence type shit. But it's just just what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, I don't want to predict the AFC side of things. We'll get into that later. Regular season's over. This is the playoffs. Interesting. Interesting that we're here. All right. I think that's it. I think we've wrapped it up. I think we've done the damn thing. Again, I'm going to go into uh, my, my hope is that I'll have a guest lined up for you to break down uh, the 49ers, kind of like wrap up the season. And that's my intent is to kind of wrap up the season and the main storylines of the season and then preview preview whoever their playoff matchup will be. And again, if, if the, you know, if, if I can't squeeze it in earlier, there's a chance that that podcast may not be recorded until at the earliest Monday night to be released Tuesday or on Tuesday to release Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday morning. So just like, you know, just keeping you in the loop. Um, appreciate everybody. Thank you for listening to striking gold. Thank you for being an integral part of this podcast. If you want to give us a little bit more support, go to whatever app you're listening to, leave us a five-star review, leave us some words if you, if you want to. Um, but just know that I appreciate you. And the fact that you are listening here is, is already the ultimate form of support. So playoffs, playoffs. What's today? Today's Thursday. You'll be listening to this on a Friday, at least a Friday. We're just a couple days out. Man, it's exciting. But hey, sponge it in. Enjoy every matchup. The NFL season is quickly coming to a close. So enjoy it all. Enjoy it all, especially this crazy 49ers season. All right, everybody. Appreciate you. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. We're signing out.
headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.